How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Back here with our jazz expert, NBA analyst, Jeremy Kuhn. Say what's up to the people. What's up, guys? Back again. Uh, ready to talk about this Jazz Rocket series. Uh, I know uh, Thomas is a little pissed off about how that went down. <laughs> All right, but let's uh, start it off today with a little Cavs-Raptors. And quite frankly, I think LeBron should just be listed as the mayor of uh, Toronto. This is his city, not Drake's anymore. I mean, it's absolutely pathetic, man. I mean, the Raptors, to me, are the laughing stock of the league. Like, this is your best season in the history of your franchise, and you can't beat LeBron a single time at home. I think they're getting swept. I mean, people were saying that they're getting swept, and I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But truthfully it's gonna happen and you were right you called it yeah i mean you heard it here first um i mean the raptors are the biggest pretenders in the league and they've showed it to us multiple times time and time again they lose to a team that's four or five seed whenever they're number one they get all the high people think it's finally their year it's just not their year they just don't have that guy on their team with the mentality to get it done yeah and the guy who's supposed to get it done from demar Derozan had a negative 22 plus minus yesterday 11 for 23 shooting 0 for 5 from three i mean that's pretty bad honestly like that's it's pretty bad and that's not what you want to see out of Toronto team I mean statistically the stats are pretty much the same across the board Raptors had a couple more they had 11 to Cavs four turnovers so that helps a lot in the Cavs shot 17 free or 23 free throws of the Raptors 11 yeah, they should probably go ahead and blacklist uh, LeBron's passport from the uh, entire nation of Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only way they can stop him is by not is by rejecting his passport, and not letting him come in the country. But I mean, at this rate, they're not even going to play in Canada again. Uh, they're getting swept. Yeah, honestly, I can't even think of a suggestion for how Toronto can win this series. If anything, if I were them, I would play less players. I just feel like they throw too many people in there, and not everyone gets a chance to kind of get in sync. And you want your best players out there in the playoffs and get everyone in sync, but. I mean, DeRozan and Lowry have to play better. They have to hit more shots. I mean, Lowry's 7 for 10, but if you're a superstar on a team in the playoffs, you can't shoot 10 shots in a game. It's got to be more than that. DeRozan took 23, which I'm fine with, but he's got to hit more and he's got to play better defense. A negative 22 plus minus cannot get it done. And you need him out there on the floor, but you can't have him having that much of a negative effect on the game itself. Yeah, I agree. I think, like you said, they have to tighten up the rotations. I mean, you just can't have your best players only playing, you know, low 30s of minutes a game. Like, I mean, Joe Ingles plays more minutes than Kyle Lowry does, you know, for yeah. the Jazz. And that's just not acceptable. And LeBron's out there playing 40 minutes a game on average in the playoffs. Yeah, LeBron actually got a little bit of a rest last night. He only played 41 minutes as opposed to yeah, the usual 45 or 46. So LeBron absolutely went off. And you know what kind of annoys me is how that everyone says, oh, LeBron's the only player on his team. LeBron's going to win MVP. Well, what do you know? LeBron gets 31 from Kevin Love, his second player in the playoffs, over 20 points scoring. And he gets double figures from J.R. Smith once again. Corver actually had a bad game, but George Hill showed up a little bit. And Jeff Green. I mean, Tristan Thompson only played 15 minutes last night, not quite as night, but the Cavs figured out a way to get it done. And it just annoys me how that people say, oh, it's all LeBron's team and Harden is so much better team. That's why he shouldn't win MVP. I mean, that's not true at all. We all say LeBron needs his teammates. He can't win without his teammates. Yeah, I mean, people are starting to see him with the rose tinted shades that they see Michael Jordan with, where they try to think that it's just this one guy always doing it. I mean, LeBron's been putting up these numbers all playoffs, but the reason they struggled in the first series is because he had no help from his teammates. Yeah. 
know, they had to go to seven games because it's just hard for any individual to win a series in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Basketball, as much as we think it is an individual sport, it's a team sport at the same time, and it comes down to good coaching. I don't think either of these teams are very well coached, so that's why the Cavs are going to win this series, just because they have the best player in the league out there. I agree. But quite frankly, I like Cleveland now in four. I'm going to hop on the bandwagon with everyone else. I mean, I thought Toronto would win this series, but Toronto's absolutely worthless, man. They don't have any kind of chance in this series. Yeah, I've got Cleveland in four as well. I just think Toronto looks defeated out there. Uh, Kyle Lowry just clearly isn't your guy. DeMar DeRozan just doesn't have the outside touch that he tried to develop all season. I think he's shooting uh, 0 for 21 on his last 21 attempts or something from three. It's just an astounding stat. Yeah, you can't have that in the and playoffs. And you got LeBron averaging 34, 10, and 9 this playoffs, and you're just going to get that every night against you. And and if you got a guy like J.R. Smith getting involved, Jeff Green's looking great. There's just no way they can hang with the Cavs right now. Oh, yeah. And they already had their one chance with LeBron saying that he played his worst game all season last game. So, I mean, you can't if you can't win when LeBron plays his worst game, then you're not winning, period. And Toronto's going to have to pack it up and go home. That's just the way it looks right now. But let's move on from there, and let's go to this uh, Boston-Philadelphia series. So, looking at this game last night, I mean, it was a pretty good game. But like I've been saying all season long, all playoffs long, my thing is coaching wins championships. And the Celtics have the best coach, and that's quite frankly why they keep winning games. I mean, this team is missing their two best players in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. They finally got Jalen Brown back, who only played 25 minutes last night. But you got guys like Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier playing almost 40 minutes and playing amazing. I mean, these guys all had positive plus minuses. Tatum was the only one with a negative one last night. But the Celtics just played great team ball, and that's what you want to see, man. I mean, Horford's been playing well, too. But the 76ers, I mean... I just don't even know what to say for them. I feel like this is a team that we all kind of jumped on the bandwagon of a little too quick and stuff, but you can't have Ben Simmons scoring one point. I know everyone thinks he's rookie, uh, yeah, rookie of the year, but I just can't agree with that statement. I would don't think Donovan Mitchell would have a negative 23 plus minus in a playoff game to score one point. I just don't see Donovan Mitchell ever doing that. Yeah, and the absolute biggest point to go along with that is that Mitchell is just a guy that doesn't let missing shots get to him, and Ben Simmons only shot four shots last game. I mean, you can't have one of the best players on your team being so timid that he only takes four shots. I mean, at some point, it's not about efficiency or just looking to pass the ball. Like, you have to try to get yours, like, to get something going on the offense. And if you got a guy like Embiid having an inefficient night, Dario Saric is trying to do far too much, as me and you talked about earlier today. And, and Ben Simmons is just not even trying to get anything going himself. And if you were really the best player on your team and the rookie of the year, then you just have to step up and make something happen. Yeah, Darius Sarch is just chucking up shots last night, and it was definitely – not what you want. You want the ball to stay between Simmons and Embiid. I mean, I thought Covington played really well, shot a lot of three-pointers. Mm. That's what you want to see out of a guy like Covington. But all around, I felt like the 76ers definitely played a good game. They just got to play better. They got to play a little smarter. But the Celtics, man, are just something else. They just take care of the ball, and they move the ball so well, and they get contributions from so many other people. I mean, the, Celt- the Celtics only had three less turnovers last night in the 76ers, so not a big gap there. But really what killed it, was that run in the second quarter when they were when the 76ers were up by 21 points and we all thought it was going to be a blowout and like dang this is the way the series should actually go then all of a sudden the Celtics come back and I think they cut it to like four or five points right before halftime and then we had ourselves a game again 
Yeah, and I think that just goes to say uh, that, like we said, there's a big coaching deficit in this series. I think Brett Brown's getting exposed a little bit. Celtics seem to be playing with a lot more heart. And, I mean, if you're Brett Brown, you got to talk to a guy like Simmons. Like I said, I mean, you just can't have one of your best players shooting four attempts. You know, you can't have guys off the bench actually taking more shots than him. Like, he's got to look for something. I know he doesn't have the outside touch, but he can still get the basket and score or put up some mid-range jumpers, something to get going. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that. Ben Simmons needs to be more assertive in offense. I just think he doesn't have the offensive confidence or game yet. I think he's just a young player. But playing at home with the home crowd, I feel like might be a little bit better. I mean, I'm not ready yet to write the 76ers off in this series. I feel like they still have a chance. But Boston right now definitely looks like they're going to win this series. And, I mean, you could say no duh. They're up two games to none. But this coaching, I mean, Brad Stevens looks like he's one of those coaches that really is that much of a game changer. And that's, quite frankly, what you need to get through the playoffs. But also looking at the Celtics roster, man, like, like you were telling me earlier, I mean, if they have Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving in there. You kind of have a mini Warriors team because you got yeah. Rozier, Smart. You got Especially so many Especially with the players. development of Rozier. I mean, Rozier is looking like a max contract player right now. And then yeah. you got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which any given night, they, they do two or three ESPN top 10 plays. So, I mean, you've got one of the deeper rosters in the NBA, really, if they had Hayward and Kyrie. And I think this this year is not going to be their year because of that. But I, I think the Celtics are going to be very scary for the next few years. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on that. I feel like the Celtics are about to run the Eastern Conference like LeBron did for a couple of years. LeBron's going to need a lot of help or he's going to have to go somewhere else because this team's here to stay. But now let's get down to it. The big argument, baby. Mm-hmm. It's time. Let's get this Rocket Jazz going. All right, so it's time to get down to it. And quite frankly, I got to give a little shout out to the Jazz, man. I mean, they did what I didn't think they could. I didn't think they'd be able to take one in Houston, but I figured they went a game or two. Honestly, though, if I'm Houston, I'm not really panicking here. I mean, Utah kind of beat them at their own game. They shot a much better percentage than they did from three. They were mm-hmm. 15 of 32 for 46 percent as compared to 10 for 37 for 27. So, I mean, Houston averages hitting 15 three-pointers a game in the regular season. So, they definitely weren't hitting on what they needed to that night, and that hurt them. They also shot 40 percent from the field as opposed to Utah shooting 51.8. So, I mean, Houston basically prides themselves off being an efficient offensive team, and that that's what they weren't that game, and that's why they lost. And the, uh, so, I don't think it's time for any panic, but I definitely think Utah is going to play them tough tonight, and they're going to play them tough on Sunday. I definitely don't think it's going to be a cakewalk by any means, but it's definitely going to be a good, be a good series and fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, first off, this series has been incredibly physical. I mean, last game they had forty five fouls between the two teams, and it was very chippy towards the end. Yeah, it definitely looks like playoff basketball. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But uh, I think we got to credit Utah. Um, some with the defense. I mean, you know, people are saying Utah only lost because, or Utah only won, I'm sorry, because uh, Harden shot so poorly. But I think you have to credit a little bit of Dante Exum right there. I mean, he, uh, I saw that he matched up with Harden 22 times in the past game, and Harden only scored uh, two points on those matchups. And so they're obviously doing something right defensively to hold back Harden. And you know, the same way that Harden shot poorly, Donovan Mitchell honestly shot poorly. I mean, he's pretty efficient with his assist numbers and things like that. Still got it done on the defensive end, more so even than he usually does. And that made up for it. I mean, he finished with a plus 13 still. But I think that you can't really highlight Harden having a bad shooting game and take it away from the Jazz whenever they had guys that were down as well. And then, you know, got a good performance from Joe Ingles. But really, they just made it happen on defense, and they made the most of their opportunity on the boards. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I definitely think that Joe Ingles showed out, and he did it too against the Thunder, so it's not like it's just some, oh, Joe Ingles never going to do that again. I mean, Joe Ingles kind of cemented himself in this playoffs as a really good winger and is one of the better. He's honestly a pretty good two-way player. I mean, you were telling me about all his defensive stats 
stats about him. He's a pretty good defensive player. I'll give it to Joe Ingles. He gets after it, but I definitely think Exum frustrated Harden a lot. He had four offensive fouls as well in that game, but him and Paul didn't really play that great. Paul was eight for 19, so I mean, they were good at frustrating their two best players. I guarantee you Houston will definitely be running lots of picks on Dante Exum, lots of trying to get him to switch and all kinds of stuff tonight, but I know the Rockets didn't win this game, but P.J. Tucker, he might have shot two for nine in the game, and which is pretty bad, but P.J. Tucker's a junkyard dog to me. This guy had 10 rebounds. I saw him. He's always going to work. He does all the dirty work for Houston. He gets after it, going for those jump balls. You remember that play when he was trying to rip mm-hmm. the ball? I think he was out of Mitchell's hands, and he was came up and started yelling or whatever, and they, yeah. got, and they separated him because they thought he was trying to yell in his face, but he's just fired up. P.J. Tucker, to me, is that underrated junkyard dog kind of player. He's the enforcer for the Rockets, which is what you want to see, but I think Ariza's got to play better, too. He had a negative 10 plus minus. He's the one D'ing up uh, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he did a good job of frustrating him. The Rockets have done a good job of frustrating Donovan Mitchell, but they got to limit those role players because that's really what killed them. And the Jazz have really good role players. This is just a good team, well-coached team by Quinn Snyder, but I think the Rockets are well-coached, too, so it's not like either team really has a coaching advantage, but got to give it to the Jazz, man. They came out with a new game plan, and they ran it, but I don't think it's much to worry about. I feel like Houston will be back to their old ways tonight, and they'll probably hit 15, 18 three-pointers. Yeah, for this series, uh, to be honest, from a Rockets perspective, I would actually like to see them play P.J. Tucker over Ariza and maybe shift Luke Richard and Bamute into more minutes just for the defensive effort. Um, I think that Ariza playing so poorly on defense, I mean, it was glaringly obvious. Like, I don't know how many times I watched him not even rotate over on Ingles. And, you know, Ingles yeah. is over there just standing in the corner wide open, and it's, he's going to make that every time. He's shooting 51% from three in the playoffs. So you, if you're going to have a guy like that who – isn't mentally there on defense, then you're going to have to find a way to get him involved as a bench scoring threat or something, even if it's just for the series, if he can't get it going on defense. Because otherwise, the Jazz are going to steal these two next two at home. I mean, the Jazz have maybe the hardest uh, home court to play on. I know I've heard of multiple players talking recently about the hecklers. Westbrook, I mean, he was torn up by the Jazz fans. Harden's always already had a problem, and that was in Houston with Jazz fans. Yeah. No, these Jazz fans definitely get after it. They're by far the rowdiest group of fans in the NBA. I mean, you got to love it. I wish the Hawks fans were like that, but Hawks fans will never be like that. But I don't know. I feel like that the Jazz will win one of these games at home, but I still like the Rockets in six. But I just I just feel like it's too much Rockets. What are you thinking right here? you think the Jazz can win the series? I mean, personally, I think that if the Jazz are able to hold at home like they have been so far through the playoffs, that they can win this series. I, I think it's going to be hard for the Rockets to beat them at home. I think they're going to have to bring their A game. Because you're going to be playing, you know, 10,000 against five at any time. I mean, the Jazz's arena is always packed, always pumped, always heckling players. And it's just the fact that they're playing as such a good cohesive unit right now. And they didn't even have a good game from Donovan Mitchell last game, which I have to say Donovan Mitchell has to be rookie of the year after this series. I mean, he just he doesn't look like a rookie out there, you know. He doesn't care about missed yeah. shots. He doesn't get involved in drama. He attacks the basket. He he's just looked great. So I'm saying, and he looks like he's picking his teammates up when they're down and stuff. Like he's mature beyond his years, and he really does look like the rookie of the year. I agree with that. I think the Jazz will play them tough, but I don't think the Jazz can win this series. I just feel like Houston's more ta- has two way better players than anybody on either on their team with uh, Paul and Harden, and I just feel like Capella is like that perfect kind of system player, like we were talking about earlier, and I just 
I don't know. I just feel like it's just going to be too much Houston to hold them down. But the Jazz do play really good defense. They have Rudy Gobert, the highest defensive win share out there. So, I mean, the Jazz do a lot of good stuff on defense and on the offensive end, lots of three-pointers. Yeah, and you could see the impact of Gobert a couple times. Uh, I know the, uh, the, the Rockets, whenever they're trying to make that comeback in game two, uh, they got a lot of offensive rebounds there at the end, but uh, it just seemed like guys were rushing their putbacks. I think they were kind of fearing Gobert being around, even if he wasn't as close as he could have been. Uh, I know Chris Paul a couple times missed a putback little finger rolls that you never see him miss. You know, Harden missed a short floater that he never misses. P.J. Tucker missed a couple junkyard dog buckets, like you say. Yeah, he, I thought that uh, layup when he had that when he had those two offensive rebounds about to drop. Like the Rockets yeah. were definitely in the game at the end; they just couldn't hit any shots when they no needed doubt. them in crunch time. But no, I agree with you completely. It's gonna be a good series. I'm excited to see what happens tonight. But we'll wrap it up here. Call it the show right here. I appreciate y'all for tuning in once again, Coon. Thanks for coming on once of again. Of course, man. I'll be on again. I'm sure before the NBA playoffs are over. Oh yeah, I'm sure we'll have another heated Jazz Rockets debate again at the end when the series two two going maybe, back to. Maybe. Jazz Warriors debate. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that one, but <laughs> we'll got y'all. See y'all next week. I got him on the end of the rice. The home of the ran with the dinosaurs. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fin this store in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Got a watch my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you're talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army, bitch, my lap.